Jesus wasn't here, how could it be that the ones that were called righteous by Jesus, how could they have done these things to him? How can we be his hands and his feet right now? Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. Today on In Grace, we continue to talk about the end times as Jesus taught about the separating of the sheep and the goats. And you might have read about that. Uh, We're going to be reading in Matthew 25, starting in verse 31, when Jesus is teaching one of his last sermons, and he's on the Mount of Olives, and he starts talking about the Son of Man himself coming in glory. So the first time he came to die, the second time he's coming to rule and to reign. And when he comes back, he's going to do this thing that is called separating the sheep from the goats. What in the world is this? And who are the sheep and who are the goats? And and what does it mean that we can be the the hands and the, and the feet of Christ on this earth as as we can uh, bless and help people when Jesus is not here right now so we're his representatives. What does that mean to bring a cup of cold water? in his name. So we're going to talk about all of this and more today on In Grace. And if you hear some excitement in my voice, it's because I'm excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. I cannot wait for that day. He's coming back in the clouds to rapture the church. And then seven years later, he's coming back through the clouds to the earth with his church. And that will be a glorious, glorious day. Just before we get into our message today here on In Grace, let me tell you that In Grace is not just a podcast and a radio program. It's a television program as well, where we do an adventure television program with a message. And so where are we taking you tonight on TBN? We're going up to Alaska in the wintertime to talk about the Aurora Borealis, the northern lights. And in that, we're going to see God's incredible creation. So you'll want to watch In Grace tonight. Now you say, I don't get TBN. TBN is the largest Christian network in the world. It's the fourth largest television network in the world. So if you don't get it, you can find us anytime on YouTube for free. You can find almost all of our programs right there, including this one that we're talking about uh, that we're going to air tonight. And also we're going to air on Friday's radio program. So tune into TBN tonight or click on YouTube. And if you go to YouTube, would you subscribe and get alerts and also like that program? That would really help us reach more people with the gospel. In our series that we're calling The Story of Jesus, uh, we are in the home stretch. So we're in the, the final few days of Jesus' life. But that doesn't mean we're almost done uh, because we're going through the Gospels chronologically. We're going through basically everything the Bible tells us about Jesus in his life. So we've gotten a long way, right? We went through the prediction of his birth, to his birth, uh, to his early years, uh, to his first miracle ministry, calling his disciples, his, his work up in the Galilee area. And he's been to the, the feasts and the festivals, and he's made a lot of enemies, not intentionally, but he does not like hypocrisy. He does not like people that look and act religious, but they're not. 
He is going after those people, and they're going after him. This is the last week of his life. Passover is right around the corner, and they're going to find a way to arrest him. They didn't want to do it at this time because it's going to cause an uproar. The city is full of people. This is the big day for Judaism, this Passover. So they're, they're looking to get him. They're trying to get him. And uh, what does he do? He goes into the temple and turns over the money changers' tables. And they start trying to trick him with questions, and he answers them profoundly. So they stop asking him questions. Smart of them, right? And uh, he goes out to leave the temple area, and he's going up on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples are asking him questions, commenting really about how beautiful the temple is, and certainly it must have been incredibly beautiful to see that. But then Jesus said that that will be destroyed. That building will be destroyed. And sure enough, not that long after, it was destroyed by the Romans, and it still is not built today. And then he starts to go into a long sermon. It's one of his longest sermons. And there, it's right there in the last few days of his life, and his sermon is about the end times. When I talk about the end times, everyone starts listening. Even the teenagers. Last night, I started talking at our teen camp about the end times, and man, those kids started to really focus in and listen because we're intrigued by this. Can the Bible really predict what's coming in the future and the end of the world as we know it? It, it can, and Jesus actually went through a lot of details about his second coming and the things preceding that. And so we're in the, the very end of this. It's called the Olivet Discourse. It's a kind of a fancy word that just means his Sermon on the Mount of Olives. And he is wrapping it up here in Matthew 25, and we'll start there today. And my title is his Separating the Sheep and the Goats. Isn't that strange? Why all of a sudden, he's talking about the end times and all these things, and now he's talking about sheep and goats? Isn't that kind of odd? So why is he talking about sheep and goats all of a sudden as he's in this big sermon on the end times? I'm glad you asked, because we're going to read Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him. So what is this talking about? This is talking about the second coming. Remember, God came to earth the first time. Jesus entered into humanity, born of a virgin. He was human because he was born of Mary. He wasn't born of Joseph, though. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost, and therefore he did not have the sin nature. There's characteristics that are passed on in tests with animals. It's odd, and they can't explain it. They don't know why, but there's something there. There's something mysterious there. And that chain of sin that passes from father to his kids, from father to his kids, was broken with Jesus. He had no sin. He he'd never sinned, and he did not have this sin nature that we all are born with. We all inherit from our fathers. So he came the first time in Bethlehem as a baby. He grew up. He did great things. He never sinned, yet he was killed. He was put to death. Let's put it that way. Why would I say that? Because he willingly died. He wasn't murdered. He really wasn't killed. He willingly died because you can't kill God if he doesn't want to be killed, right? So he willingly gave his life a sacrifice for you. And he rose again and he ascended to heaven. That was his first coming. His second coming is right here. He's talking about his second coming, the Son of Man. When the Son of Man comes, 
in glory. He had already referred to this earlier in the Olivet Discourse, and now he's talking about it again, his second coming. Now, this is different than what we call the rapture. Although the word rapture is not in the Bible, the doctrine of the rapture certainly is. It's the catching up of the church. The reptizo is the, the word, and it's the catching up of the body of Christ before the seven-year tribulation period. John 14 tells us about that. Uh, we have uh, Corinthians, Thessalonians that, that give us the description of that. And that's Jesus coming in the clouds for the church. So that's not his second coming. His second coming is when he comes back right where his feet went up, which was on the Mount of Olives. He ascended up into heaven. His disciples were watching. And he is coming right back to that spot with his angels, with his angels. And this is going to be a glorious time. And I, I believe that the church will be with him. Uh, look over, we'll come back to Matthew 25, but let's look over at Acts 1, where it says in verse 10, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. So two angels appeared, which said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. That's the second coming. He ascended after his first coming. He's coming back to the same place, the same way. But he's coming not to be a sacrifice because he's already done that. That was one time. Jesus died one time. That's very, very important doctrine. And that's why uh, we don't believe in, in our communion service that the blood is literally Jesus' blood or his body because he would be dying millions and millions and millions of times over and over again. He died one time and it was finished. Sin was paid for. He rose again. He ascended into heaven sometime after that and he's coming back just as he went up. That's the second coming. This is what we're talking about. 1 Peter 5.4 alludes to this. When the chief shepherd shall appear. Now, our text in Matthew talks about separating the sheep and the goats. And here, in 1 Peter 5, 4, it says, when the chief shepherd shall appear. And this is talking to, I believe, the church and to pastors, and we're called the under-shepherd, but he's the shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. He's the one I work for. The chief shepherd shall appear. Ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. And that's a glorious thing to be watching and hoping and waiting for the return of the Lord, as we talked about last time, the imminent return of Christ, and it's going to happen at any moment. So this is the second coming. This happens right after the tribulation is concluding. All of the judgments have fallen upon the world. This is also when he comes and fights what's called the Battle of Armageddon. In Revelation 19, it says in verse 11, I saw heaven opened. This is the second coming. The battle of Armageddon. The heaven opened and behold a white horse. How did he come into Jerusalem the first time? On a donkey. Okay, came in peace. He came to be a sacrifice. Not this time. This time he's coming to conquer. He's coming to win. And there's not even going to be a debate about who's going to win. He's going to win. And those that are on his side win. The battle really is already fought. It was fought on the cross. Behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him was called Faithful and True. I love all these names of Jesus. There are so many names of Jesus. Faithful and True. And in righteousness, he doth judge and make war. 
You want someone who is righteous that is judging. Every decision that he makes is right and it's true. There's no bribing this judge. There's no fooling this judge. He knows everything and he's going to make correct judgments. His eyes, verse 12 of Revelation 19, were a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. That reminds us of John 1, doesn't it? The Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him. Who are these armies? I believe it's the angels, but I also believe it's the saints, the church saints. I think we're coming with him. We're the armies. We won't even have to fight, but we're coming, following him upon white horses. There are horses in heaven. Some of you really desperately want a dog in heaven. And there might be dogs in heaven. There won't be cats in heaven. Amen? For sure. By the way, I made, a, I made an off-the-cuff comment a while ago, and, and we put it on the radio. And I said, if you have a dog, that's great. But if your dog fits in your purse, it's not a dog. It's a rat. Okay? I said that. And I got more letters and emails about that. And they were not happy with what I said. I'm just kidding, everybody. When I say I like cats, they taste like chicken, I'm just joking. Okay, you don't have to write me letters. So anyways, I guess I have to be a little bit more careful. So we know there's going to be horses in heaven, probably, I don't know. Yeah, there's going to be animals because I think we're going to live in a restored creation. I think dinosaurs. I think that's going to be the most fun. Jumping on a T-Rex, you say, ah, oh, that would be scary. It, it, maybe it would, but they, they won't hurt you, right? If the lion and the lamb lay down together and a child will play in a, in a snake's den, yeah, go for it. Have you dreamed of taking a cruise to Alaska? Pastor Jim Scudder and his wife Karen invite you on a seven-day InGrace Creation Cruise this July. Join many other InGrace friends to see glaciers, whales, eagles, bear, and so much more while sailing the calm waters of this beautiful land. Each evening, we'll gather for a word from Pastor Scudder, hear from creation speaker Bruce Malone, and be blessed with music from Shelley Hamilton and Majesty Music. We will be cruising on Holland America, Alaska's premier cruise line, and we will visit Whittier, Skagway, Juneau, Ketchikan, and Vancouver. Also, the COVID vaccine requirement has ended, so it's finally time for you to enjoy Alaska. Get your free brochure by calling 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com travel. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com travel. The white horses and uh, those that are with him, the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. When you put your faith in Christ, you have the righteousness of Christ given to you, a white robe of righteousness. So this is the second coming. This is what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 25, 31. Go back to that. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. He's coming back to earth to sit on a throne. He's going to sit on the throne of David. That's another In Grace episode at the city of David. And there's new discoveries. Even today, they found more of the old city wall from the time of the kings of Israel. David's palace has been found. And I don't know if his throne has, but we're going to go look for his throne. And Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David and rule in glory, in glory. And before him, verse 32, shall be gathered all nations... 
So these are all the people that have lived through the tribulation. So the church is raptured. The rest of the world is basically lost. Everyone that is at the beginning of the tribulation, they're all lost. But some people will get saved. I think some people have heard all this. They've maybe read left behind or whatever it is, or they just read some scriptures, and they know that this is in the Bible, but they don't believe it. But when suddenly millions of people disappear, certainly there's going to be a whole bunch of people that will immediately get saved. And then the Bible talks about two witnesses and 144,000 evangelists, and there's going to be a lot of gospel preaching going on in the tribulation. Many will die because you will die if you are a Christian during the tribulation. You will be, your head will be cut off. That's what the Bible says. But there will be plenty that will survive, both the lost and the saved. And now the chief shepherd is going to sit on his throne, and all the nations are going to be gathered before him, everyone that survived this last huge conflict of the world. And he's going to, it says, separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Sheep and goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. From what I understand, sheep and goats are very different animals from each other. If you go to Israel, which is really, really cool, today, you will see on the hillsides flocks of sheep and goats. And shepherds, you still see shepherds. You could, it's like you were transported back to Bible times. Oh, they have a lot of modern things too. Israel is one of the most modern, high-tech places in the world, especially Tel Aviv and in those areas. But if you go out into the Judean hills, it's almost like you're back in time. And there they are, the sheep and the goats. And now the shepherd has appeared and he's gathering all the nations and their sheep and goats all mixed up. I'm gonna quote one sheep and goat expert. This person says, when it comes to barnyard animals, goats might be the weirdest, she says. Unlike sheep, which are content to stay within their herd, goats are naturally independent, often getting into mischief as a result. Goats exhibit the oddest behavior, she says. Even getting them to stay in a pen proves surprisingly challenging. So I think it's very appropriate that God is talking about sheep and goats here in this final group of nations. And then, verse 34 of Matthew 25 Shall the king say unto them, remember this is Jesus teaching his disciples the end of his Olivet Sermon about the end times. This is going to happen in the future. Then shall the king, referring to himself, say unto them on his right hand, these are the sheep, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Wow, what wonderful words to hear from the king. And then he says, for I was hungered and you gave me meat, you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. What? Jesus wasn't here for the last 2,000 years plus. He was gone. How could it be that the sheep, the, the ones that were called righteous by this king, by Jesus, how could they have done these things to him? That's a great question. How can we be his hands and his feet right now? Verse 37, 
Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw thee a hungered and fed thee, when, when did this happen, or thirsty? When did we give thee drink? When, when, when saw we uh, you a stranger and took you in naked or, or clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily of a truth I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Who are the least of these? In context, these are, I think, his brothers uh, in Judaism. Uh, these are Jewish people that were in the tribulation. Remember the whole world is now persecuting the Jewish people Halfway through the tribulation, they, they, it dawns on them that the Antichrist is the Antichrist. He's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah. And they flee, and he goes after them. He tries to annihilate them. I believe Israel gets saved as a nation at that point, and they're being persecuted. And then there are people on the planet that go and minister. So this is in the context of the tribulation and the tribulation saints and, and the Jewish people. But I still think it applies to us today because Jesus isn't here. Jesus isn't here. Does that mean that God wants us to go about and only do humanitarian work? I do believe in humanitarian work. I just don't believe that that's all we should do. I believe that we are to go and visit people in prison. I believe that we are to go and make sure that people have clothes and food and water. And when we take missions teams to India or the Philippines or Thailand to the hill tribes, we'll take doctors and nurses and suitcases of medicine. And it's a joy to open that up. We did this in Africa on our last trip. And uh, our doctor in our church and his wife, a nurse, and other medical professionals gave of themselves. Hundreds and hundreds of people saw the doctor that they couldn't normally see, got medicine. And that is just wonderful. We should be doing that. And we're gonna stop there today. Tomorrow we're gonna to talk more about some of the things that we can do to serve the Lord, to especially help those that are not able to help themselves, uh, that, that we can not forget those that are orphaned or widowed or in prison. And unfortunately, they're the people forgotten. You know, maybe sometimes of the year, Thanksgiving or Christmas, we remember them. But what about after Christmas? What about after New Year's? Who, who's watching out for them every day? Well, I hope that we can do the work of Christ on this earth while he's gone. That's our job. And so if you would like to partner with us here at In Grace to make sure that we can together do more for Christ, to serve him, to be his hands, feet, and mouth, then consider supporting In Grace with a gift of any amount. We appreciate that so much. We are listener supported. And also let us know how you're listening. Some of you listen on podcasts. Some of you listen on our radio program. We're on 550 radio stations around the country. We also stream. And so if you'd let us know how you listen, that would be great. And we'd love to hear from you. Also, while you contact us, make sure you get information about our Creation Cruise to Alaska because this July, my wife Karen and I are hosting a Creation Cruise 
And now you say, what's a creation cruise? It's a regular Alaska cruise with a creation theme. So we have a creation speaker, Bruce Malone, his wife, Robin. Uh, he will come and talk about some of the things that you're seeing, the glaciers, the animals, the whale, the bear. Uh, and it's fantastic. We've done this before. It's very popular. And we'd love to, for you to come. They give us a room every night on the Holland America ship that we're going to be on, New Amsterdam. We also have special music by Shelley Hamilton and Majesty Music. And you want to come and hear some beautiful music on the ship. Uh, it's a great experience. To get a brochure, you can call us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or go to our website right now, ingraceradio.com. Click on travel and then look for the Alaska cruise here at InGrace. Have you dreamed of taking a cruise to Alaska? Pastor Jim Scudder Jr. invites you on a seven-day InGrace Creation Cruise in July. Each evening, Pastor Scudder will teach. Creation speaker Bruce Malone will tell us all about the creatures of Alaska, and we will be blessed with music from Majesty Music. Also, the COVID vaccine requirement is ended, so it's finally time for you to enjoy Alaska. Get your free brochure by calling 800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com travel. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.